Hello, this is Michael James King coming to you from beautiful Round Town, USA, where a priest and a taxi driver both died and went to heaven. St. Peter was at the pearly gates waiting for them. Come with me, said St. Peter to the taxi driver. The taxi driver did as he was told and followed St. Peter to a mansion. It had everything you could imagine, from a bowling alley to an Olympic-sized pool. Oh my word, thank you, said the taxi driver. Next, St. Peter led the priests to a rough old shack with a bunk bed and a little old television set. Wait, I think you are a little mixed up, said the priest. Shouldn't I be the one that gets the mansion? After all, I was a priest, went to church every day, and preached the word of God. Yes, that's true, St. Peter rejoined. But during your sermons, people slept. When the taxi driver drove, everyone prayed. <laughs> this is yet another edition of God's Love Club, the podcast that talks about God's divine love and what it means for you today. We, as always, are giving a shout out to spirit-led believers everywhere and greeting them with a holy kiss. We confess Jesus Christ as our risen Lord and Savior, thanking him for his sacrifice for us on Calvary, and look forward to his soon appearing in the clouds. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you anoint us as we talk to your people. Help us to be clear and concise so that they will understand. We ask that their understanding be enlightened and that they receive your word in truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Today, my co-host with the spirit-led most is the lovely Christy Smith, the darling of Roundtown, USA. Christy is happy and well-adjusted in beautiful downtown Roundtown, where she prays for her family and friends, unceasingly believes without limits, and treats everyone with loving kindness. The title of this podcast is Simplify Your Life in Christ. Hey, Christy. How are you? I'm doing well today. How are you doing? I am. My back is hurting. Yeah. Yeah. But it'll get better. It will. <laughs> Things always get better. They all work out in the end. That's true. Yeah, we've been working on our uh, Seraph Hunter book. Mm-hmm. And it is all working out at the it end. It is. Coming We're almost along. at the end of book two, I think. Yeah. It's coming along very nicely. Yeah. Great story. Well, it's a beautiful day in downtown Roundtown. Summertime is upon us. Yeah. My grass is greening up mm-hmm. just nicely. I'm fixing my sprinkler system, which did not fare so well this winter. <laughs> And we have a new kitten, another volunteer cat to add to our collection. I don't know what it is about this house, but the cats just love it. They come when they have, when they're sick. Come when their babies are sick, and they just they just know they can get love and care and lots of food. We're a cat sanctuary. I think so. Anyway, we want to talk to you today about a revelation that God's been giving us about living in an easy way in relationship with Christ. For many, when they come into Christianity, they're taught a lot of things. And they're taught about how they should believe, how they should act, how they should not act. And while it makes some sense to our natural minds, what happens is our Christianity becomes rule-based and what is supposed to be is person-based. You know, it's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a person that you know and his name is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you develop a personal relationship with him. And when you lack wisdom, you ask it from him. And he tells you in a real world, real time sense. And you know what to do based on what he says. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't read the Bible. You can read the Bible all you want. But the Bible is supposed to be read 
in the same type of relationship right. where he is teaching you what he means for you in the Bible and not just a doctrine that was figured out centuries ago. I remember when I was in Bible college, I went to Bible college because I figured in, I think, somewhat of a natural-minded set that I needed to know the Word of God in order to follow God. I mean, how do you follow God if you don't know what He says? So I studied the Bible a lot. I mean, all day, every day, and supplemented it with sermon tapes and teaching tapes and everything I could get my hands on. And at about the fourth year, I felt that I had no relationship with God. Wow. Because even though I knew so much about him, I knew the church history, the Greek and Hebrew, how to get that out of the Bible, and so many other doctrines that I was supposed to believe, my whole relationship with God became rule-based. And I found that I couldn't live up to the rules that I knew. I would constantly break mm. one of them. And then I would feel condemned. And then I'd double my effort. Yeah. And then I'd break another one. And so instead of living in freedom, instead of living in love, I was living in condemnation. I was living in a sense that I couldn't ever do good enough to please God. And it was something that I did to myself. God never really said that to exactly. me. So that's what we're going to talk about today, because I think that would be helpful to a lot of people. What do you think, Christy? I think it's good for us to approach Christianity with the idea that, in truth, there are no rules. And when you say that to Christians or anybody, it usually gets their backs up, makes them think, no way, there has to be rules. Because we tend to think that unless we have some sort of external force telling us what to do and mostly what to not do, right. that we're going to automatically sin. And yes, left to our natural, sinful, natural-minded thinking, we will naturally sin if we have no barriers, if we have no checkpoints. But the life with God through Christ is not meant to be a bunch of rules. The life with God through Christ is about becoming one with Him. Jesus prayed that in John 17, that his disciples would be one with each other, and that his disciples would be one with him. He would be in us just like the Father was in him. Why did Jesus live the perfect life that he lived? It wasn't because he knew all of the rules. It wasn't because he had to sit down every morning and go through his checklist of do's and don'ts. It's because he was always living in the Father, and the Father was living in him. And he only did what he saw his Father do, and he only said what he heard his Father say. So if he's living like that, there's no way he's going to sin because the God of heaven that's pure and holy is flowing through him and living through him. We are called to the exact same type of life. We tend to look at Jesus and the life he lived and say, well, that's Jesus. He was God. I couldn't be like that. But Jesus on earth was living as a man, a human, in the exact same way that we have available to us to live. We have the ability through Christ to be able to connect to God in that same way. Jesus prayed that he would be in us and God would be in him, meaning that God and him are in us in the same way that God was in Jesus. So we can live in that exact same way. When we live with God in us, in unity with God, there's no need for someone to tell us, don't beat up that person. Because God in us is the nature of love. God is love, and what is going to flow out of us is the Spirit of God. Exactly. And the Spirit of God is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. Those are things that we will 
naturally be living in. That's the way we will be interacting with people. And there are rules against those things. That's what the New Testament says. Paul was very clear to say that if we walk in the Spirit, meaning that we allow the God that we become one with to flow through us and in us, we're not going to be giving in to the desires of the sinful nature. Now, obviously, this is not an overnight thing. This is a process. This is something that we grow in as we mature in our relationship with God. But the growth doesn't come from applying external rules. The growth comes from developing a relationship with Him. The more we get to know Him, the more we yield to Him, the more we become one with Him, we start to live in that flow. And what will happen in our lives, the natural result is going to be the goodness of God and the fruits of the Spirit and good things that are going to pour out of us. And it's going to come from love, and against love there is no law. Well, precisely. When you read the scriptures, Jesus said, forgive 70 times 70. And people look at that and say, how can I do that? Mm -hmm. How can I forgive that many times in a day? The reason that you can do that is because when an attitude of forgiveness is in you through the Holy Spirit, you just have this this bedrock of forgiveness in yourself because you know you've been forgiven of your sins. And so it's not something you have to consciously even think about. You are just ready to forgive. And if something happens again, you're ready to forgive them because it's part of you. It's Mm -hmm. coming through you and it's in you because God is in you. God is a forgiving God. He's a merciful God. Therefore, that's how you are too. And when John says, love your brother, you say, well, Okay, I'm going to love my brother. I'm going to make myself, I'm going to see him as Christ, you know, and you're just kind of working it up in yourself. Whereas the truth is, it needs to be in you already. And because God is love, if God lives in you, you're going to find it easy to love. That's what the tabernacle experience is. It's God in you, loving Mm -hmm. through you. And because he's doing it, you don't have to do it. You don't got to work it up. It just naturally flows. Right. This is the perfection of the saints. This is how we become perfected in Christ and be like Christ. Because to be like Christ, you have to have that same spirit in you that raised Christ from the dead. Mm. And that spirit is what gave him the ability to be perfect. And it's the only way we're going to be perfect too. Because in and of ourselves, we can't do it. Right. Only the perfect God in us, living his life totally through us, can be perfect. That's the ease of the life of Christ that we're talking about in this podcast. You talk about pressing the easy button. That's the easy button. Yeah, exactly. And we say there are no rules, not meaning that it's a free-for-all and that it's all chaos and you can just do whatever you want. We say there are no rules because there aren't any external rules to tell us what to do. Instead, we have a relationship with Christ, and as we live in Him and He flows out of us, we will automatically do what is in keeping with the nature of God. And we're automatically going to see our lives lining up with what the New Testament talks about as a Christian godly life. We're going to see ourselves flowing in love and forgiveness, like you said, toward people. We're going to see patience bubbling out of us that we don't even know where it comes from. I've been experiencing that in my life where I feel like as I'm getting closer and closer to God, the amount of patience that is developing in me 
is beyond my understanding, but I've had people outside as I've been teaching kids and dealing with situations that will come to me and say, you have an amazing amount of patience. And I look at it myself and think, well, I haven't been working on being patient. I haven't been doing anything to try to attain patience, but I've been trying to draw nearer to God. I've been trying to walk more in his flow. And what I'm seeing coming out of me is the nature of God, which is more patience than what I had before. It's the work that God does as he flows through us. Now, if I had put a rule on myself, I have got to have patience. I've got all these kids I've got to deal with today, and you have to be patient. It would have been a struggle because I'm, I'm constantly striving for something outside of me rather than just allowing the Spirit of God to flow through me, and it will naturally come. So rules are, are things that we have to put on ourselves to keep ourselves in check, whereas what is written in the New Testament as the nature of Christianity and how we're supposed to live is really kind of more of a signpost saying, when you see these things develop in your life, you'll know you're walking in Christ. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Spirit. When you see the fruit of the Spirit, you'll know the Spirit of God is living in me because I'm seeing the fruits coming out. We know we have an apple tree when it starts to produce apples, but you don't have to force the apples onto the tree to make it an apple tree. It comes out of it because that's what's in the tree. That's how we need to live. You know, what you need today from God is a way forward. You may be feeling condemned. You may be feeling oppressed. You may be feeling that things are not working out in your life, and you want a way forward. You want a way to get closer to God, and you want a way that your life gets easier in Him. You read about, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, but that does not describe your life. that's not your experience. And what we're trying to share with you today as a way of encouragement is that there is one law Hmm. and from that one law all other things flow and that one law is to listen to the voice of god and trust him and believe him that voice is the law but that voice is a law given and tempered with love It's not this harsh, unyielding rules that you have to follow. It's a person who cares for you, who has grace and mercy towards you, who understands your circumstances. And when you ask him for wisdom, when you communicate with him and he communicates back with you, whatever he says will be tempered with those good feelings towards you and those good desires for you. And therefore, the wisdom that you receive from above is vastly superior from the council and those things that are given by other natural-minded people who really, they got their own lives to live and they got their own problems that they're dealing with. And, you know, they'll do the best they can, but they're not God. And so if you want the best advice, go to the source. Mm -hmm. Go to the guy who wrote the book. He understands it really well. And all you have to do is ask him. People don't understand generally that God wants a two-way conversation with you right right now, today, right where you're sitting. He is a spirit that fills heaven and earth. So wherever you're at, there he is with you. And if you will communicate with him and listen to what he says, he'll speak. It's always been his desire to speak with his sons and daughters. He wanted to commune with Adam. That's why he came in the cool of the day to walk with him. And he wants to walk with you today. Mm -hmm. He wants to be close to you. He wants to hear what you have to say. And if you ask him a question as your father, he's going to answer. He's going to give you wisdom from above. 
He's going to communicate with you in a way that you can hear it. You know, many people, they go to church maybe once a week on Sunday and they hear a portion of the Word of God that's meant to be for two, three, four hundred people. And that can't be specific to you. But if you go to God and you ask him, what do I need to do right now today? He'll say, do this. And you'll have a divine revelation of the Word of God. Now, you may be reading the Bible and he may bring something to your heart from the Word of God. And he may goad you to go and do that. Totally fine. Mm -hmm. You may get some revelation from going to a movie. I used to do that all the time. I'd come yeah, me out too. from some Hollywood flick knowing <laughs> something profound in God. Exactly. And I thought, wow, that doesn't really seem like that should fit. But he would speak to me through the movie. Exactly. He speaks to us through creation. Mm -hmm. He speaks to us through other people. He even speaks to us through unbelievers. That's right. If That's we very will true. listen. The whole thing is that there's one law. And the way that you know you're going away from God is that the laws start multiplying. Mm, that's know? good. That's really good. You know, when you get away from the one person who gives the law, then you start getting more and more and more laws until eventually you end up with the Talmud. You get a multi-volume tome that purports to define everything that you could possibly do. So if you keep the Talmud, you'll please God. Mm. And what happened when Jesus came? Well, the Pharisees didn't please God much at all. In fact, he said, why did tombs full of all and cleanliness and dead men's bones? Why? Because they weren't listening to him. They were following what they thought they should do. They were following rules. And when he showed up in person, they wouldn't listen to him. So therefore, they were wrong. The whole thing is that God wants us to listen to him and to be instructed of him. He wants us to have a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. And by the way, everyone, he's not surprised that you sin. No, he's not. He's not saying, oh my, you're sinning. I didn't see that coming. No. While you are yet in sin, he talks with you. Exactly. He saved you yeah. while you were yet in sin. He didn't make it so you had to become righteous before he would come and be your Lord. Because he knows that's not possible. He knows that he's exactly. the one that makes you righteous. Exactly. And so don't fall into this thing where, well, I'm not good enough to talk to God. The truth is, no one is good enough to talk to God. It's only that Jesus Christ died for our mm -hmm. sins. And if we accept his blood as a covering for our sins, God can tolerate us. The thing is today, on a practical level, if you have a problem, if you have a concern, if you don't know what to do, then what do you do? You pray, you talk to God, and you ask him, Father, what do you want me to do? And he might say something as simple as, I want you to get up and walk across the street. You say, well, why? Then he doesn't answer you. He just gives you a simple commandment, and you're sitting there wondering why, and you get all these mind battles going, and, well, if I walk across the street, I won't be here, and why would I go there, and what's going to happen, and what is he going to do? No, 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 no. Just get up and walk across the street. When you get across the street, when you have obeyed that word, 
He'll give you another one. Exactly. That's how a walk of faith is. Mm-hmm. And it's moment by moment, as we see him and sense him moving, we fall into that. And like you were saying about the Pharisees that had rule upon rule upon rule, the reason they didn't listen to Jesus when he came is because they didn't recognize him as the manifestation of God because their rules had veiled God from them so much that they didn't know who God was anymore. God was not a bunch of rules. God laid down some certain things for them to practice to make them different and separate from the world around them and the cultures around them to be more pure. But he knew that nobody was going to live in that. It was more of a, of a guide toward purity that Jesus was going to make a way for us to live like that. But they couldn't just take the little basic rules. They were so concerned about sinning, they would add another one. It's like putting a fence around a fence to make sure that you don't touch what's inside the first fence. But that's not enough, so you need a third fence around the fence around the fence to make sure we don't touch anything inside the second fence or the first fence. But the thing is, the further out you go, the less you even recognize what's inside that center fence. What is the sin that we're trying to avoid? What is the thing that God's trying to demonstrate to us by saying, do this or don't do that? God himself and his nature becomes unrecognizable because he's so veiled by all the rules. Right. So when Jesus came, he was the manifestation of God. He said, when you see me, you see the Father. Exactly. They didn't recognize him because they didn't recognize the Father. Those who had a heart to know God could recognize him. Even Simeon and Anna in the temple, who were constantly seeking God and his spirit, when they saw Jesus as a baby, they recognized him. Because they already knew God. They had a relationship with God. So he was recognizable to them even as a baby. So it's not the rules that make us more like him and make him more recognizable to us. It's the relationship. It's the, the connection with God and the experience with God. And it becomes so effortless. How much easier is it to just wake up in the morning, connect to God, get in his flow, and just do what he tells you to do? To not figure it out, like you said, to not try to reason it, to not try to explain it. But when you feel a prompting, you just go and you do and you say what God wants you to do and say. And then you find that you're in the right place at the right time, that God flows through you and you're impacting people's lives beyond what you're even aware. I felt prompted yesterday to go to a particular nail tech to get my nails done. And because of where I'm living, I haven't gone to her for months. She was so excited to hear from me. And when I went there, she even introduced me to her mom who knew me. And she was all excited about me. I had no idea I had impacted her life like that. I just spoke as God gave me words whenever I was with her. But I did feel prompted to reconnect with her yesterday. And it was an encouragement to her, an encouragement in her walk with God. I couldn't have foreseen that. I couldn't have sat there and figured out by the normal processes of righteous living, I should drive 50 miles and go get my nails done at this particular place. Sometimes what seems right in our natural mind is not what God wants. And we have to allow his spirit to guide us and show us what he wants us to do. When we walk in that obedience, then we have that sense that I'm in the will of God. I'm doing what he wants me to do. Though I'm not sinless, I'm on the right path. I'm doing what I can to know him better. And consequently, my life is changing because of it. Yeah, you know, one person replaces all the rules that you used to follow. And so your whole life becomes a relationship with Christ, a partnership. You let him into you. You act like he wants you to act at any given moment. And you don't have to remember the rules because you naturally do the things contained within the rules. The person who was perfect without having to follow all the rules, is in you living his life. Hmm. Therefore, you are perfect 
without having to live all the rules because you naturally do those things which are contained within the law. You know, the law was a step down. You know, it was not like this big, high, beautiful thing that God wanted to give his people. He gave them the law because they wouldn't listen to him. When he started speaking forth the word of God from the top of Mount Horeb, he just didn't give the Ten Commandments. He went on. And he went on as long as they would listen to him. But because they were afraid, they moved away. Hmm. And they asked Moses to go up and get the law. It's always been God's intention to speak to us personally. Right. And in these latter days, he spoke to us personally through his son, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And now he's speaking to us personally through the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And now he's loving through us personally through the baptism of love mm. in the tabernacle blessing. This is the perfection of the saints. Love encompasses the whole law. When they asked him, what is the most important commandments? He says, love thy God with all thy heart and love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm -hmm. That's tabernacles right there. That's tabernacles. You know, out of our belly flows rivers of living water. It's not coming from our head. It's coming from where the Spirit dwells inside of us. And these living waters is what refreshes all those around us. And as they refresh them, we get refreshed. This is how you simplify your life in Christ. This is how his yoke is easy and his burden is light. You don't live your own life. You just ask him what to do. Now, if he doesn't speak a specific thing, do what's best. But when he does speak, do that. And often when he speaks to you, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in your natural mind. And that's because you don't have his perspective. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what's going on with all those around you. He has to tell you because you can't know that. Right. And so you just obey by faith and things tend to work out. Whereas you say, well, I can't do that because I don't think that will work out or I don't think that's proper. Or, I don't think this, that and the other. You end up doing nothing. And the good that he wanted to do through you by faith is stopped because of unbelief and natural minded reasoning. So you want to get out of relying on yourself to relying on what he says at any given moment of the day. And simplifying your life in Christ takes us from a life where we are having to renounce our sinful ways and fight against them and try really hard not to sin into a flow that enables God to take care of that. You, you were telling me today about a man that you were ministering to who was really struggling in an area of his life with sin. And he felt so bad because he wanted to serve God, but he had this area. And your words to him, which I think were very wise, were, then don't worry about that area right now. Give that to God and focus on what you can do with God. Focus right. on areas where you are successful in your walk with God. And that's what our life is supposed to be about. How are we successful in God? We're successful in God by just connecting to Him. When you come to God, there may be some things that He wants you to do to change things in your life or clean up some things. But most of the time, I believe, those things will just fall off naturally because of being in the presence of God. Imagine you have a cup and it's filled at the bottom with tea. And the tea is dark. 
and you're trying to get the tea out of there, but there's no way to get the tea out of there. You don't have to dump that tea out before you fill it with the clear water of God. When you come to Christ, what happens is the clear water of God fills the cup, and as it fills it, the tea becomes dissolved into the water, and little by little, there's less tea color. Little by little, there's more water color. Little by little, as you keep pouring water in the cup and it overflows, eventually all of the tea gets washed out and is replaced by the water. That's what our life in Christ is like. We connect to Him and fill with Him, and the more we have Him and His Spirit flowing in us, the more those things in us that are so hard to remove are just going to loosen up and be dissolved and come out of us, and we'll find all of a sudden, wow, I haven't cussed for a long time. Wow, I don't have any desire for that sin that I used to want so much. It's not our effort. It's not a matter of renouncing what we're so tied to that we can't let go of. It's coming to Him and allowing Him to pour Himself into us, which will automatically wash the sin out of us. What we think is right and what we think is good may be actually hindering the testimony of God in us. Exactly. If we won't go into a bar to witness to somebody because we're too righteous, that person just ends up not getting witnessed to. If we won't overlook somebody's drug habit to talk to them about Christ, they may not hear about Christ. You know, it's all down to an individual situation where you ask God what to do at the time. We need to be flexible. What legalism does, it just nails down everything and we have no flexibility in God because there's so many rules that are supposed to apply in every situation. In every yeah, there's no and variance. They don't. Yeah. They don't. And we limit what God can do with us through our natural minded rules. But when we are led by the Spirit and we don't have to think about the rules, we end up doing what He wants us to do and everything the Holy Spirit wants us to do is righteous. That's right. And then we don't have to say no to him. And he gets to do and he gets to minister and he gets to accomplish his will on earth because we're not preventing him anymore. The whole thing about the tabernacle movement that God is doing on this earth right now is it's a manifestation of the new heavens and new earth experience that we're going to have that he's bringing to earth. So it's more akin to what it was like in the Garden of Eden than it is akin to what has happened between the Garden of Eden and now. Right. But the world has been on such a off skew since sin came into the world that we don't really know what life is supposed to look like. Right. We don't know what relationships with people and interaction with things are supposed to look like. We don't know what our physical bodies are supposed to look like and how they're supposed to function. We don't know how God intended life to look. And we don't know what is actually things that God would do because we have become such a rule-based religion that God has to fit in these little boxes. And if we think that God is moving outside that box, we automatically say it's not God because it doesn't fit in my box. But if we're living in a manifestation of the new heavens and the new earth, a restoration to that innocence that we had, we have to recognize that the world is going to shift the skew that humanity has been on because of sin is going to start realigning with God. And when that happens, things are going to look different. So the way that God wants to minister to people now and wants you to reach people on behalf of Him is going to look very, very different. And we have to allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit and follow the Spirit. You said the other day, Spirit-led loving. I really like that terminology because so often people want to know 
what is this relationship? If it's with a member of the opposite sex, especially, is this a friend or a brother or a dad or an uncle or a lover? There's only a few categories that it fits in. Well, what if it is a spiritual connection that you're supposed to love in a spirit-led way? How does that look? I don't know. It looks different from person to person, relationship to relationship. And even within that relationship, there could be a way that it manifests itself at one point and then it doesn't in another way. dispensation, so to speak, of the tabernacle movement. It's all about love. It's all about oneness with God and love for Him and how that comes out in oneness with others and love for them. But that love and that oneness is not something that we're used to seeing in this earth, even in Christianity. Jesus demonstrated it, and it got Him a lot of flack. Instead of going to the synagogues and waiting for people to show up, sometimes He would go to the synagogue, sometimes He would go to the tax collector's house. Sometimes he would sit and eat with a prostitute. Sometimes he would sit alone with a woman who shouldn't be spoken to, number one, because she was a Samaritan, number two, because she was a woman, and number three, because they were alone, and sit and talk with her about her sex life. Talk about things that are taboo in Christianity. Jesus lived those because he was manifesting the oneness with God, the love of God, the love for other people, the oneness for other people, and so he allowed himself to be a vessel for God to flow his love through to reach other people. If we want to live in that same dispensation, we've got to allow ourselves the freedom to follow God and to let go of our expectations of God will do this, but he won't do this, and to let go of our own rules that we put on ourselves so that we can simplify our life to just being obedient to the voice of God. Yeah, and that's the the main point. It's just listening to God and obeying what he says when he says to do it. You know, we hear it so often that we don't really understand what took place with Mary, the mother of Jesus. God prophesied through Isaiah that a virgin would be with child. And he did that very specifically. It was going to be a sign. But it violated most everything Jewish people thought. Normally, if you were found with child and had no husband, The law said you should be stoned. Yet God decided to put his seed in a virgin who was betrothed to a man. And he called that holy. And you got to think about that. If God will do that, which violates almost everything anybody has ever thought in and out of religion, what won't he do to get his will done? And the other thing, too, is that that was a holy thing. When Joseph thought to put her away privately so that she wouldn't be stoned, God gave him a dream and said, go and take her as your wife anyway. Just don't have sex with her until she has the kid. God intervened and contradicted what would normally be the correct and just course of action. And he decided to do something that we, as natural-minded people, think is wrong. That's who God is. God does what he wants to when he wants to do it with whomever he wants to do it. And that's what's happening in the tabernacle experience. God is coming and taking over the lives of people. And he's rearranging them just as much as he rearranged the money changers and the people that sold animals in the temple. He got rid of them. And he didn't do it gently. God is coming and he's rearranging his house and you are a living stone in that house and he's going to rearrange your life to line up with his will. 
And it's not going to make a whole lot of sense to the natural mind. The people who were money changers and lost money that day in the temple didn't like it. But they were the ones that were wrong. They were the ones that were someplace they shouldn't be. They were defiling that which was holy. And right now, a lot of things we're doing is defiling the house of God in us. We are thinking we're right, but we're really, 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 really wrong. And so when Jesus comes, he's going to cleanse your temple too. Because he doesn't want to come and live in a house that's all soiled, that's all full of money changers who are just bent on making a profit. He wants his house to be a house of prayer where he feels mm. comfortable living because he's figuring it on do it for eternity. And so he doesn't want all these things that are not his will. So your life after Jesus Christ comes is going to look a whole lot different than it does now. And when Jesus comes is individual. Jesus will come and take up residence in your life, in your heart, in your body, and rearrange your house any day that you say yes. Yeah, that's right. But just know that when you say yes, he's going to take you at your word, and he will come, and you will be different. And people around you may not like the difference, but it will be God, and it will be a way forward for you. That's right. And it will produce the simplified life. All of us want a life that is not complicated. So many of us have lives that are so busy, and we think that if we come to God and try to add that to our lives, it's going to just make things more complicated. But the truth is, He wants us to live a life that's simple. And the simplicity is, you see what the Father is doing, and you do it. You hear what the Father is saying, and you say it. You listen, you learn to hear His voice, because He wants to speak to you. You listen to it, you do what He tells you to do, and... It's the experience of knowing Him that makes life peaceful and joyful. It's experience of knowing God who is in His very nature love that allows that love to live in you and automatically spill out to people around you and automatically meet all the holes that you have in your heart. And you will find that God will bring people to you that He will love you through, and He will bring people to you that He will love through you. That's the primary way that I believe he wants to communicate that love is by connecting us to other people. Jesus asked that we would be one with each other. Amen. And so that's the simplified life. That is the yoke that is easy and the burden that is light that Jesus promises. Come to him and give him your burdens. Connect with him. Have a relationship with him and let him live in you and be one with him. And as he does, your life becomes simple. Exactly. And so today, set aside an hour or two hours or sometime this week and give that to God. And at the beginning of that hour, you sit down and you say, Okay, Lord, here am I. Send me. And you listen. And whatever he tells you to do, you do. If that means going and calling a friend or going and visiting a neighbor or writing a letter or walking to a park, you know, it's not going to be earth-shattering, Old Testament, grand stuff. It's going to be something small that you can do. Now, it'll be a bit uncomfortable because you'll be walking in faith. It may be just a word of encouragement you give to a stranger you don't know. It doesn't have to be grandiose to be God. A word given in due season to the right person at the right time can change their entire life. Right, and it is grandiose to them. 
I remember things that people did to me that didn't look like anything to them that, wow, I remember to this day, 30, 40 years later. So that's your assignment. This is your experiment. This is your experience with God. Don't worry about listening to other people and what they say about God. That's their experience. Why don't you mm. have an experience yourself today? Good point. Yeah. Start learning from experience about who God is and what he says and what his voice sounds like. Right. You know, if you fail or it doesn't work out like you think, don't worry about it. It's a learning experience. The good thing is that you're trying. Mm. And God really appreciates that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. He'll use whatever effort you give him. Just connect to him and let him flow. That's right. Well, you've made it to the end of another God's Love Club podcast. We are so proud of you. Take what is good for you and what makes sense to you and apply that to your life. And don't worry about everything else. Right. You know, this is a real smorgasbord of truth. Eat what makes sense to you. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's right. You have a great week. We love you. We appreciate you. You're going to have a marvelous seven days. That's right. This is Christy and Michael from God's Love Club, and we're saying... Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.